Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Chris Howard and Charlie East of Gunnerstown. And it wasn't the perfect European night we'd all dreamed of, humbled at the hands of Chelsea. But on the plus side, Charlie was there and I'm being reliably informed that Baku is lovely this time of year. Baku is, uh, rather than going there for the football... <laughs> What a fantastic place. The people there are friendly, it's clean, it's tidy. Um, the Azerbaijanis were nice people, very friendly, very welcoming. Unless you're Unless Armenian. You're Armenian. <laughs> Unless you're Armenian. And to be fair, we, a lot of the, the locals, they ask you, oh, who are you supporting your Arsenal? You know, who are you supporting? Oh, Chelsea. Why? Mkhitaryan. We can't support Mkhitaryan. I see. So he's still got lots of that. But it was no, it was no animosity as in like any aggression. It was more sort of jokey and like sort of jovial. So, so it was a bit. It was a lovely trip. It was really, really nice. Um, and then the football happened. Then the football happened. So then you had talk us through the football. So who's going to go bad cop? Who's going to be worst cop? And who's going to be worst cop of the three of us? I, I think I need to be neutral broadcaster cop. Um, but you can, after you Saturday's can result, I'm in a little bit more of a positive mood. So I can be. I can be a positive. Okay, so let, let's start be... there. If Arsenal had lost the Europa League at the hands of Chelsea and Tottenham had gone on to win the Champions League... I would have gone back to Baku. <laughs> I would not be here. And told them you're Armenian. And I'd have become a, a petrol station attendant or something and started a new life. Where would that have ranked in terms of the bad weeks in your lives? Oh, the worst. Really up the there. worst? Definitely actually the worst. up there. That would have been the worst. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, yeah I, I can't, it's not even worth thinking. that Even that little two-week period where you think it could have happened and you had all them Tottenham fans climbing out the woodwork and even non-Tottenham you know, fans giving you stick. I, I, went, I went into the office the day after the cup final, the Champions League cup final and there was about three Spurs fans and one of them spent five minutes, like he didn't actually do his job for five minutes, he just stood next to my desk for five minutes with a big smile on his face, literally not saying anything. So this was after the Europa League this final? After, no, no, the Euro- Champions League final in 2006. I see. So, oh, right. so hang on, do you work in the same place with the same guy? Then I did, but not anymore. Okay. This Have you got his phone number? Because... No, <laughs> no, sadly not. But he just stood there with a big... That was a horrible day. That was a horrible, horrible... To have... Const... They were just constantly on and on and on. So the fact that I've not had to worry about that this morning going into work, you know, that was a bit of a saving grace. But let's be honest, on Wednesday, I was pretty broken. So... It wasn't just the defeat. It wasn't just the scoreline. It was the manner of the defeat and how we got to that scoreline because it wasn't even a case of individual Arsenal players having a terrible evening. There was not one, as far as I'm concerned, who turned up. Not a single player. No. Do you know what as well? What I'd say is at half-time, I spoke to one of my mates. I was in the Rocket pub. I didn't get to go to Baku, but I was in the Rocket pub on Holloway Road and I spoke to one of my mates and I said at half-time, I'm not happy about this. And he was like, well, it's nil-nil. You know, it hasn't been too bad. But the, the word that I used was control. It never felt like we had control of the football match. Did it not feel Even like quite a balanced first half to you? Uh, I thought we bossed the first we didn't half. Control yeah. the, we didn't control the football as much as I thought that we were going to. And I said, if, unless we get control of it, particularly in the middle of the park, we're in trouble. And Xhaka and Torreira, just, they just didn't. I thought the first 
30 minutes, we did look the, the stronger team. We was on the forefront, we was on attack, and we had lots coming down the width both sides. Kalazanac and Maitland-Niles was both bombing on, and we, we seemed to be getting them involved. And I thought Xhaka were actually... First half hour played really well. I thought mm. he controlled the whole game. Jovetic and Kante couldn't really sort of. I've been me being there. I've not mm-hmm. watched it since. I don't know where I'm being there. But I just, you know, I'm not. I'm not protecting the players, but because the same for both sides. But the atmosphere inside the ground, I can honestly tell you, it felt like one of those pre-season friendlies, friendlies. one of them international club championship friendlies. Which, it was just it was just so flat, the atmosphere. We were hearing rumours before the game that UEFA were so <laughs> worried about the atmosphere that they were planning on pumping fat crowd noise into the stadium through the speaker systems. Did, were they doing that, as I, far as I you could tell? I didn't see them do that, but I'll tell you what they did do, which I've seen since. Literally about 25 minutes in, there was floods of kids coming in. Yeah. Floods. Oh, what? They just open let the just, they just, children of back It's like they've just let the open the doors and people, anyone up from anyone up to sort of 10 to 25, they've just let in thousands of people. And you could see them just flooding in. And they had Presumably old, not Arsenal fans. No Arsenal fans, not Arsenal nor Chelsea, but they were just all just being flooded. And where they Hangers were Hangers on. Just people wandering around outside the stadium yeah, thinking, I know what's going to happen here. And where they was next to the Arsenal fans, and we were singing songs about Mkhitaryan, they instantly become Chelsea fans. It didn't help us at all. Like, yeah. The whole ground turned on Arsenal a bit. When Arsenal started singing about Mkhitaryan, they started going, Chelsea, Chelsea. Oh, really? Yeah, they really... They, they saw, so we're Arsenal fans singing Mkhitaryan songs. Hang on, so a ringing endorsement point, for UEFA and their, uh, their planning of putting it in Baku. And on that, do you think the fact that it was in Baku put Arsenal at a disadvantage? Not just because... Mkhitaryan couldn't travel, but because at the point where only 12,000 of the tickets have been given to the clubs in question, where you've got that many neutrals, if they're all supporting Chelsea, that's a home advantage. Only 5,000 of them were actually used. It was maybe 3,000 Arsenal, 1,500 Chelsea. Well, it's 4,500. I mean, it was... It's not, it's not, I don't I don't think it was too much of a disadvantage. I think some no. of the players on our in red and white were the disadvantage really for our team. Who was really poor? Maitland uh, Niles was poor, gave away the penalty. I thought Koscielny for Giroud's first chance. Well, Giroud headed, I didn't think what a goal right? should have scored that. that. No, no? Not, not a prayer. I think that is one of the, firstly, the most underrated Great goals. Goal. And secondly, one of the best headers you will ever see because it's not just about the power or the direction of it. It's the movement yeah. to nip across in front of his man at mm. the last minute in one movement as he's diving for it. Mm. I don't think you can actually fault check so, that. So, so then for the second goal as well, Pedro in absolute acres of space well, just yeah, around yeah, the penalty spot. I mean, what, what, what on earth is going on there? I mean, I've, I like Monreal. And I think over the last couple of years, he's probably been our most underrated, more, most consistent player. But... I just think the he's longer done, the siege has gone, I think he's got, he's got to be moved on. I, I would just him. Lichstein is already gone. Lichstein has gone. Obviously, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we will go on to players we will keep in a minute. But I just, I just thought as the game went on, I think Torreira just looked out of his depth, and Jack started looking poor. Bamiyang and Lacazette was and Meza Ozil. I'm sorry, I, 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 I'm normally someone to quite. I like to stick up for Ozil because I like. But for me now, he's gone. He has to. We if it costs us two hundred grand a week to get rid of him, we've got to do it. So you're at a point where you would say, all right, you can go to Besiktas. Yeah, we're paying your wages. Yeah, and it's not working with him and Emery, and the disrespect he showed for Emery, 
after that game sitting on the bench. That is, it's, it's unacceptable. <coughs> it's unacceptable. Yeah, I think the way that the team is just, it's just not designed. The T, the composition of the team is not designed for, for him, someone like Mesut Ozil. So what's the point in having him if we're not going to get the most out of him? That you formation know, we played, if you put Ramsey in there, it suits us. Yeah. And it looks good because he presses from the front. It's like you've got three people. Ozil was just in the... He could have been. I mean, that injury to Ramsey in Naples potentially that cost us top four cost us and a yeah. cup. I think. I yeah. think so. I went on a rant because I was on air during the final. I went on a oh, proper proper rant about Urzel, which is something I try not to do. Not just about Urzel, but in general, I do like to be broadly objective, broadly calm, more to the point. But when he got subbed off on the seventy seventh minute, I just went. And our producer tonight, Dom, was there. He can attest to the extent to which I With went. With a big smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I said that he offered absolutely nothing. I said I didn't even notice him and that he was being brought on for a kid in Joe Willock and that I was fully confident that I would notice Willock more in Willock's 15-odd minutes. And we had a count. We had a running tally. I noticed Joe Willock seven times. I genuinely noticed Ertzil zero times. I agree with you both. I think he has to go. But I want to broaden the question out about the team because, Chris, you said a moment ago this team isn't designed for Ertzel. I think that's absolutely correct. But one concern of some Arsenal fans is that this team hasn't actually been designed at all. Do mm. you think Unai Emery has a plan? I, I think... Yes, I think he has. I mean, I'm, I'm not one He's of not explaining it to us, es- is he? Explain. <laughs> uh, good evening. Uh, <laughs> good evening. He's not... I feel a little bit sorry for Emery, the stick he's got, because I think if you... We started off the season a lot better. We looked good, apart from the first two games. The injuries to holding Welbeck, even, because of the actual sort of rotation he could have done up front. The Aguiab with Ozil acting like a petulant little baby. The way he had uh, Bellerin getting injured. I think any manager in his first season with a squad that small as it is would find it hard. Yes, I would. What I would say is that um, there's not been the injuries have affected, but we've also spent seventy three million pounds worth of uh, money on new talent, and, and they've probably and, had better and they've, players. And they've had and they've had an impact, but and the injuries have had an impact. But the terms of the football as well, some of the stats don't look very good. I've got a couple here. So the whole of the season, the shots created this season, four hundred sixty two shots we created this season. Last season, five hundred eighty nine. That's 127 shots we had more last season than this season. Do you think we've been more solid at the back? As no. We've, I've got a stat here as well. Uh, last season, we allowed 418 shots. This season, 498. So we're actually giving away more chances defensively. We're not creating chances going forward. And we are. We, we conceded from errors. 40% of our goals this season were from errors exactly the same as last season. So some of the stats don't m- tally up. What Wenger does tally in. up is... No. Uh, what does tally up is the fact that he's got nine points more. So yes. it's, it's bizarre. Because so, so that, we're worse defensively. We're worse, uh, we're worse offensively. Crush, but crush. We're picking up, we've picked up more points. You say about the, the chances created. Yeah. Have you got actually... Uh, we've scored more goals this season than we did last year. So the goal—that means the goal rate, the goal, the goal shot, yeah, goal ratio are, is yeah, better. That is better. So that—that's that, a positive. We're more prolific. Yeah, we're not taking as many chances. But if you think about football and football as a game of percentages, you want to be taking, you want to be think, taking more chances. I think if you look, if you look at Tottenham or Liverpool, you know Salah and Harry Kane are—they shared the top goal scoring ratios with uh, with Aubameyang, but they do it by percentages. They play the percentages games. They have plenty of shots, and if you're going to take plenty of shots, you, you know they're going to well, go Aubameyang in eventually. Miss more chances so. than any other striker. 
So he's created the chances. And he's a lot of big chance. I can picture games now. Chances missed. He missed Chelsea a big one at Tottenham. At Chelsea. Big Brighton. At Tottenham. He missed one at Brighton with one new up. One on one with a goalkeeper. <laughs> and he missed. I can remember him. So he's missed big chances. But my dad's an, another one. And a lot of my other friends are very sort of critical of Aubameyang. And I think, oh, what was he... You cannot argue with the fact that he's finished top goal scorer in the Premier League. We've not had someone done that since Van Persie. No, exactly. So we can't, you can't criticise him. Um, but I just think, if you were, you look, you really see what we've just said. I said you took Bellerin and Holden out of our side. I guarantee you, if you took out, that's probably a bit too much extreme, you took Van Dijk and Alexander-Arnold out of Liverpool's side, they would struggle as well. They would. They're two key parts of our defence. And we're not very mm. good defending anyway. Yeah. Okay. And we haven't got, and Monreal was out for a lot of the season, injured. It was supposedly one of our sort of... So we had to change to that three because we didn't have the personnel to play for at the back. We didn't. Mm. We haven't got a natural right back. We've got Lichstein. who got found out very early. Yeah. Okay, he's too old. Maitland-Niles, for me, he's not a right wing back. He's fit and he's done a job. Thank you very much. Get him back in the middle. Let's try and see how he... And, and with the Ozil situation, with him taking off Willock the other day, I think Emery's done that on purpose. He knew that he's Emery... Making he's making yeah. a point. He's making a point. Not only I'm bringing you off with 20, 15 minutes to go in a cup final... I'm bringing you off for a kid who hasn't really come on at all this season. He's bringing him off. Well, I don't know. I think I think he was decent. The chances. No, he got. no, no, no. He <laughs> has. Willock has come on, done really well. But Mez, uh, Uno Emery has not brought on Joe Willock in a competitive oh, I see game. You didn't come on in the sense of come no, on. No, yeah, I mean, he hasn't, he yeah. hasn't come on in a competitive game yeah. all season. He's played against Blackpool and Europa League group stage. He's not played. So I think he was making a real point to say, you know what, I'm the boss here, and I want him to do. Owner's son in the stadium as well. Hello, Josh. Uh, look, look what I'm having to do. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's all. I think Emery's people disrespect him a bit more much than she. I think he knows. He knows what the crack is. He knows how what's going on. He knows the place. He sees him every day. Okay. I think there was a, the, the Ramsey situation. Very early on, we made the decision. It's done. We had to deal with that now. But it's now about building for the future. Everyone said Unai Emery had a free crack here this year. Everyone said it at the start, okay? I don't know anyone who has said, as the season's gone on, he's raised the expectations by him how well he's done, okay? Mm. And all right, we may have mm. forward at the end, but everyone give him a year to do it. This summer is now his chance. He's, he's yeah. given all them players a chance. Here's your, here's your noose, hang yourself with it, <laughs> so to speak. But now that Emery has raised those expectations, is there a worry that he's raised them too highly for himself? Because immediately after the full-time whistle, we saw lots of calls on Twitter. I had calls into the show, by the way, from Arsenal fans saying Emery has to go. Coming up, should we sack him? This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Chris Howard and Charlie East of Gunnerstown. And going into this season, I don't think any realistic Arsenal fan could reasonably have expected Unai Emery to do more than finish fifth in the league and get to a cup final. I think that's a realistic, decent target for us to have set and for him to have reached. But after the full-time whistle in the Europa League final there were plenty of Arsenal fans saying, that's it, he should go. Not just because the results, as they saw it, weren't good enough, but because they don't see that he's got a vision for the club. How do you two respond to that? Should we sack Emery? I'm a huge Emery fan, I think. that What he had to do after Wenger leaving, 
he he picked up. A, <laughs> yeah, he was rub- he was, was wading through the rubble, wasn't it he? It is, and it's not an easy job that he's had to do with the fans, the atmosphere of the club, what's going on above him, the players he's got. For me, he has done a fantastic job in his first season. You just said there, Johnny. What expectations? If you'd have said to us at the start of the season, okay, it's not great. We'd have reached a European Cup final, and we'd have finished a point off a top four. Okay, people would have got not That's now. Par. Not now it's gone. People it's would have par. People, yeah. people. It's not the greatest, but in your first season with what you got, people would have gone. Yeah, fair. We we'll take that first season. We're mm. building it. Okay. Mm. I am slightly disappointed that I th- I feel that the Palace game and the Brighton game. We let ourselves down. Not so much the Palace game, I think he let himself down with the team selection. But I think, was we going to Naples after that? Or was it before? Yeah, I think so. It was. And I think Emery put all his eggs in one basket in the end yeah. for the Europa League. And I think that he played the Europa League a blinder this season. And if we don't play an English team in that final, we beat him. Mm. I know that sounds. We did play Chelsea, we lost. Okay. If that's Frankfurt or Valencia or someone like in a final, I think we got the, the tactic to beat them. I think, but looking at the season, I don't know how anyone really can call for his head when we've had to suffer the dire mm. and 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 just the toxic atmosphere in the ground for the last four years of anger. I think the argument that people are making isn't that the results haven't been good enough, so much as the fact that they've looked at this season and they can't see a coherent vision for the club. They're arguing that however long we give Emery and however good the results are. He doesn't know what he wants Arsenal to be. Do you think that's fair? Potentially. I would say in a a, a rebuttal of that, rebuttal, repost, whatever it is, um, what you've got is you've got a manager who is still working with the inherited player. So maybe he has a specific style and he's having to play certain players in in the positions that he's not wanting. Or maybe they aren't the type of player that he wants to play. You know, maybe he doesn't want to play Maitland-Niles as a wing-back, but he's forced into it. Maybe he doesn't ever want to even see Elneny, but he's thinking, I've got Xhaka in the red zone and Torreira's not quite fully fit, so I've got to play him. You know, maybe that's what, that's why he made those decisions. I'm just playing a devil's advocate. Personally, I think he couldn't work out his best team. I think he chopped and changed a little bit too much tactically. I think a bit of tactical flexibility is good, but I think he went a little bit too far at times. Um, I'd call it par. I would say the only thing for me, the only reason why I'd say, you know, maybe you want to look at somebody else is if somebody else is on the market that is an elite level manager. I wouldn't just advocate, well, let's just sack him off and bring in Mikel Arteta, for example, yeah. you know, as as as, as, well, as we're being talk about, talked about last yeah. season. But there is a point there because there are elite managers currently available on the market. Is there an argument for Arsenal just making a change? Yeah, but then what happens if we get Allegri? Another market, you're talking about Allegri. What happens if Allegri comes in? It's the same stuff. He's picking up Emery's players. Exactly the same. Mm. The budget, he's not being backed by the club, maybe. And you're in the same situation. In the year's time again, we finish fifth. Or if you sack him again, you've got to have, you've got to give someone a chance. Well, this and is a, a really important point. If, is, sorry. sorry. A, year is not an op- a year is not a chance of that. You've got to look at the squad and what he's had to his thing. Aaron Ramsey, everyone loves Aaron Ramsey. Everyone's sad to see Aaron Ramsey go. But unfortunately, once again, Aaron Ramsey... Breaking down the way he did is why we can't give the geezer two hundred fifty grand a week. You you cannot. How can you give yeah. someone twenty two hundred fifty grand a week wages who is who can't play more than thirty games in a season? It's it's impossible. I think Charlie, I agree with you on Ramsey for a start, <coughs> but your point of only giving a manager a year being farcical. 
is incredibly important and incredibly relevant, not just with reference to Arsenal, but to English football as a whole at the moment. If we look back on that Champions League final on Saturday night, which granted wasn't a classic, both of the managers of those two clubs, Liverpool and Tottenham, going into that game had not won a single thing. Not one trophy. They've been given time. They've been given years of it, by the way. They've been given support, not just in a financial sense, but in a footballing sense. And eventually, they had time to put their vision into place. If we look at the parallels between Emery and Sarri, Chelsea hired the most ideologically rigid coach in world football. This is a guy who plays football one very specific way and is not willing to adapt. They expect him to bring that all in perfectly and win things in one year. What planet are you living on? It can't be done. If you're hiring a manager, two years has got to be minimum. And you you ask any Chelsea fans now, maybe a week ago, they would, 90% of them would want Surrey gone. Do you know what I mean? That's football today with the fans and social media. It's just gone. It's gone mental. There's no perspective. Nice edge, isn't it? It, and, and I, it annoys me so much, and especially Arsenal fans. Not because we're Arsenal Football Club, okay? And I know people want success and so on, but we are Arsenal Football Club, and we do things in a right way. I don't want to be a, a club that sacks Ellinger every two years. Look what United done. United had brought David Moyes in, sacked him straight away. Van Hal, another year, sacked him again. To be fair, with the Moyes thing, that was a disaster, wasn't he? He was finished seventh. I mean, Emery's yeah. not been a disaster to that But level. the point there is that in terms of points... Where have they gone? Moyes wasn't the worst of the managers Where United have, they gone? have had Sacking since. Sacking five managers, or four managers. Had. Where have they gone? They still finished below us this year. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Okay, they won the European... Having spent a lot more. And spent a lot more. That's And you've got to look at Klopp in his first season. Lost Europa League final to Seville. Finished eighth. Okay, the year after didn't get backed massively financially. It didn't. They brought a couple of players in. Then they had a good go. Okay, and then they brought some big players in. Don't get me wrong. Virgil Van Dijk has virtually transformed that football club. Yeah, but equally, Klopp lost his star man in Coutinho, and he was given time. Mm. And, and that's what I think. Arsenal fans need to be in perspective. What did they really expect from Emery this season? Do you think we're going to go and win the league and win your Europa League? Okay, I'd like to go further in the FA Cup. We got beat by at the time by Manchester United team. We played very well. They hit a little buzz with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Look, I'm going to win. You know, you speak to a United fan, that's going to win a lot. You know? <laughs> <But laughs> going to win the World Cup. Yeah, do you know. But that um, Ole at the Bill, that went crashing down, didn't it? So, <laughs> but they're going to be back next year. They're going to spend money this summer. Mm. Big money. So they're going to be big. We need now to hopefully cronkate is going to put some money in. And as an investment, I know people like to go down the narrative as, oh, he's only cared about the LA Rams, blah, blah, blah. The guy's a businessman. Success brings in money. Okay? He knows he can't just do it. Josh Cronkite's not going to be sitting in that thing in Baku watching that crap and then go, oh, yeah, everything's okay. They're going to spend money this summer. I hope you're right. I think it doesn't really, like you said, it doesn't really matter who we bring in if they're not going to be backed and... The club needs quite a big overhaul. We need more pace about us. We need Definitely. more dynamism. Definitely. There isn't enough pace in this Arsenal team. It's it's just lethargic. It's leggy. We've got players like Mkhitaryan and Ozil and Xhaka and Torreira. And Iwobi is, is good over short bursts, but that's it. He hasn't got that, that kick. Product, got and that. We've, we've not had a player like... Uh, someone to beat someone. We, we, we get beats a player. We don't, even Bamiang seems to have lost his pace. Mm. <laughs> 
It's, it's crazy. It's very, very true. And that is the big question then. If we're convinced that Emery should stay, as I think we all are, then where does he need to improve? When, Where can he improve things to get Arsenal on the up again? This is Love Sport. It's the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. And the big question is where can Emery improve this side and how can he do it? Because looking at that performance against Chelsea in the Europa League final... Not good enough going forward. No invention. Not good enough at the back. Both areas need to improve. What does he have to do? Defenders, midfielders, <laughs> wingers. So are we are we talking signings then, Chris? Are you saying the personnel aren't good enough? Or I can the work be done them. on the train? I think I was just saying a minute ago, I think this pace is what this yeah. football team needs in attack. If you think about, at the moment, teams set up defensively against us at home. We expect that. But we've still got a good home record. So now you take teams that like Leicester, who are forced to come, they've you know on their home to- soil, they're forced to come out a little bit more. If you t- if you take an Arsenal team like we used to be able to do, which was rip teams apart for pace, then you can actually tuck in and let teams come at you, and then you hit them on the counter. And there is absolutely no Ar- Arsenal just cannot hit teams on the counter because what a weird not sentence the by the way, what yeah. a completely bizarre <laughs> sentence yeah. to hear come out of your lips. Yeah. It's, it's true, though, isn't it? Mm. Because if you think about it, we have such a massive gap between Aubameyang and uh, Lacazette and the rest of the team. Huge gap. They're completely isolated. So they could probably, if you get somebody, if you've got p- people that are going out wide, if you've got a, a tricky winger that's beating a man and he- he- heading towards the byline, then they'll find space. There's a still that I saw of the um, in the Europa League and Kolasinic gets in behind on the left-hand side and he's about to cut the ball back in and there is Aubameyang and there is Lacazette who are beyond the def- the Chelsea defenders, just, just the goalkeeper to beat if he cuts that ball back, but he doesn't. He checks inside and then he, he fluffs his lines. That is the type of thing that we need to be doing, getting in behind, getting in behind wide, putting those balls in for those strikers who will finish. Yes, I, I, I agree with him, Chris, on that. And I actually, talking about what we need to do now, Johnny, I've I, I done a tweet um, on Thursday afternoon. I just landed from Baku and I was, I was in the cab back to home and I went for each position. I just sort of said, like, goalkeeper. I thought, Leno, I think this year has been really good. You've got Czech leaving. Spina, I suppose, is coming back. But I think you'd probably get more money for him. I'd leave Martinez number two. Or even go for a, a maybe a, a Butland or something like that. Maybe as a, what, as a backup. As a backup. You're, you're gonna play if, if you're going to play a Europa League goalkeeper. Yeah, I suppose he's so. He's got to I thought right back. We need Hector back ASAP. I don't know where he is with his with his recovery. I think they said something like September October. Oh, they? So we're going to have to pretty signs up. The mate of Niles, unfortunately, is just not good enough. Jenkinson's not good enough. Lichtenstein is gone. Left back. I think we need. To, I think that's something we need to really address this summer. I think we need a top left back. Have you got names? Because the struggle for Arsenal is that Kalasinak is good going forward. Can't he's defend. not a left back. He's no. a left wing back. Monreal, I know you like him, Charlie, but no, he is I, I too old. I think it's time old. for him to go now, I think. And I like it. I think it's time for him to go. Who comes in? Charlie's Sunday league team won like four cups. So maybe five. you should ring in some of your boys. <laughs> five. Five. I'm the team on Saturdays. How good are your left backs? Uh, I've got a left back who played for Red Velvet. He's uh, his name's Tony Green or George Powell. I've got two of them. They're both really good. You got their phone number? Yeah, we're getting on. Who knows if you're listening? <laughs> no, but um, we had five trophies this season, unbeaten. So a good season for Red Velvet. If um, only the same could be said for Arsenal. If only could say about Arsenal. But I would have Tierney from, uh, Whoa, Celtic. from Celtic. What a player. It's going to cost a few quid. but By a few, you mean tens of millions. Yeah, but I, I think we've got money to get rid of players as well. I've seen yes. I saw Kalasnach, supposedly. Schalke want him. I want to buy him back. If 
get 20 million for him. <sighs> Imagine that. That is the that is daylight robbery. Yeah. We'll have him on a Sign free. Him on a free for Play him for a year or two. <laughs> but I thought left back is an option. Centre backs, everyone knows we need to sort of we need to address that. As much as I love Koscielny. Can I have a quick little rant here? And I'm sorry, I don't like to do it. Charlie's already had the finest rant this show will see. But centre-back is a classic position where Arsenal have struggled, not just under Wenger, but under Emery as well, of doing a classic Wenger-style signing where we keep signing centre-halves for quite a bit of money who aren't quite good <coughs> enough, rather than doing a Liverpool, identifying a top player and just buying him. We've been through so many. Gabriel, not good enough. Mustafi, not good enough. <laughs> I think Socrates, Gabriel was like a little not, bit harsh. No, he wasn't. He wasn't good he enough. He wasn't good enough, no. And right. for the price of those two players, that's a lot of money. Buy one. Buy one who's good enough and do it this summer. Yeah, and I, that is what we should be doing. We should be spending... Who's the guy from Rio Sociedad we were linked with? Looks really good. Um, Marta, I can't remember who it was. And it was a guy at Rio Sociedad that we've been looking at. Really, really good. Um, and he's got a, he's got a release clause. Everyone in Spain wants him, um, but supposedly we was in talks and Emery's gone to visit him and look at him a few times. He's someone I reckon we should go. You know, similar where City, where... Um, I'm being asked if it's Diego Llorente. No. Uh, Martinelli or Martinello? Mart- I can't remember. Rio Sociedad centre-half. But anyway, someone like him. He's, he's young. He, he, he's like he's a bit like Laporte, as in sort of, he, he looks at he's, he's sort of... Where they got him from, sort of Bill Bow. Ball playing. Yeah, and we need someone like we need someone who could be a leader. We've got no leaders in that team, which is worrying. But this is the thing, right? There are so many different areas, not just in terms of ability, but in terms of personality, where almost every conceivable characteristic, when it comes up, one of you two is saying, We haven't got it. There's no pace, there's no leadership, there's no invention. Yeah. How can you fix that in one transfer window? Um, well, he hasn't had one transfer window. We had last summer as well, which I think he's bu- built the building block. So Leno was a good buy. Torreira was a good buy. I think Sogradis as a yeah, centre half right. rotation, he's done all right. And but, Mustafi, it's good buy. Yeah, yeah, good buy. Very good, very good. Segway King getting in there. Um, I think he's. Well, who else has he brought? Gendouzi. I think everyone agrees that's been a decent signing. So you know, played too much for my liking. I think. Of course he did. I think he got a little bit. Uh... So the real disappointing thing for me was was January, and we know that Raul Sanye doesn't like um, the January transfer window. But Dennis Suarez was a was a disaster. Terrible, yeah. Um, but but there a, free, was an opportunity. a free disaster. Well, it wasn't, was it? Because we paid his transfer wages, and I thought that we'd actually paid a loan fee as well for him. I don't him. think we did. I, don't think we, I think he had to play a certain amount of game for him to get that. <laughs> we we certainly didn't get that, did he? Mario Hermosa. Right. Hermoso is the centre-half from... Uh, Espanol, sorry, not Sociedad. <laughs> you threw him a dummy. That's really unfair. Our poor old producer there, racking his brain. Who plays for Sociedad? Well, not that bloke, because he plays for Espanol. I've just gone through the whole Sociedad side. I couldn't find him. Uh, so I just go somewhere else. But no, someone like him. So we know we need a centre-half. I'm yeah. sure Emery knows he needs a centre-half. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So we need to... That's how we Well, they've been talking about Umtiti, haven't they? From... Uh... Barcelona, from Barcelona he's a fantastic pro. got no knees yeah <laughs> he's an absolutely archetypal Arsenal 50 million pound signing yeah it turns up 15 games does his knee playing beach yeah. volleyball yeah. never, seen, never again. seen again I think the player I would go for who I would love us to go for and he'd definitely get a ball I would love us to see go for Rabiot from PSG free really? transfer I'd love to see us Even get him a sit midfielder he seems to be quite a difficult bloke or yeah. rather his mum is his, his mom. agent she seems to be quite a difficult bloke 
the negotiation is just savage from them. You're going to end up playing silly money. Well, he's a free agent. That's true. I would just say, you know what? What do you want? General wages. And his mum would be like, all of it. Yeah. All two, of what? Two twenty. All week. of your money. Two twenty a week, two fifty a week. Go and give it to him. It's a free transfer. It's not that much money for his next. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You, you look at it if you look at it from a perspective that, all right, if we paid forty million pound for this footballer, well, imagine taking thirty million of that and blowing it on wages. Get rid go. of Mkhitaryan. I mean, Urzel's on eighteen point. What is it? Eighteen point two million a year. So, if you think Mkhitaryan's about Mkhitaryan's on two twenty a week, can't give that to Rabio. Yeah, just can't give it to him. Yeah. I mean, as your two twenty a week free agent, want a bit more sign on fee, we we'll give you a cut of the meal and all. It's, a, it's, it's go and, go and make him an offer that he can't refuse. Blow out the water. Let's get it done. Let's get it done this week, and it's done, isn't it? <laughs> Do you mean I like? And then you've got something. We need something early to lift this club. We need a couple of signings soon. Do you think that'll happen? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't mm. think it will. I think all the, I think all the negotiation teams down holiday. Yeah. Couple of weeks off. <laughs> I think there was so much of them probably that were like, right, we're going to do this from the second that we lift the trophy. It's going to be. All hands to the pump. I know for a fact. And I think it's 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 completely flown, thrown them. I know for a fact we had spoken to a few players that it was all done and dusted if we'd won the Europa League. Mm. And that hasn't happened. So, Do you think, as you understand it, Charlie, that those players now aren't going to sign full stop or whether it's now a question of renegotiation? I, I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, if you've got players that are saying, I want to play Champions League football, ultimately, if you say, all right, well, if you come and sign for us, then next season, you will play, season after next, you will play Champions League, that's fine. But the club, financially, aren't in the position to then say, yeah, all right, we can drop that 200 million, 200 grand a week, Mm. and then, you know, 50 million pound in your transfer. Suddenly, the club are going going to the, the selling club and saying, well, how about 35 million, and we only pay you 150 grand a week, and you're going to have to wait a year for your Champions League football. I know. It's just well, a, a year at least. Let's <clears throat> be honest. I know, and it's and it's it's, 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 a, it's a sad. It's sad, and the difference just between us, and Manchester United, United just can Champions League football is irrelative to them because they go and pay what they want. Mm. They go and give someone three hundred grand a week. That's the difference. We've been linked about Moon, Mounier, Mounier, yeah. But a right back, I don't really get that. Well, a right wing back. He's right. a very exciting player. I think if we need a right back, which I agree we don't from the Bayern point of view. But we've had the news confirmed today that Lichtenstein is leaving. Yep. I think you and I both agreed, Charlie, that Ainsley Maitland-Niles probably isn't a right back, yep. probably isn't good enough. Mounier is an exciting player. There's a clip doing the rounds of him in training, shooting rather than defending. So classic Arsenal. But he's good at it. And the really exciting thing about him is he was playing in that Belgian team at the World Cup as a right wing back. For context, the left wing back was Carrasco. Yeah. So you've got a winger playing the role he was playing. He's defensively solid. He flies forward. I think he'd be proper competition, right? When Licksteiner was brought in, he was nominally brought in to provide competition for Bayer, and he didn't do that at all. I think having two who are good enough, he's going to cost... Could they play together? Well, where do you play the second one? Do you... Bayer and tuck in as the right of a centre-back three? No, you know That's the thing. But Carrasco, I think I've, I've, I've read somewhere the other day, Carrasco's back on the agenda again. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. I wouldn't have him, no. But I think, you know, the person we could be going to get is Yuri Tillemans from Leicester. Oh, I'd have him. I'd, I'd have him in a heartbeat. I'd love to have him. We're going to be doing the transfer rumours section of the show in just a moment. But coming up, it wasn't just a sad week on the pitch for Arsenal. Yeah. It was a sad week off it as well uh, when we heard the tragic news, really, really gutting, that Jose Antonio Reyes had died in a car crash. My favourite player growing up as a lad and coming up in just a moment, a tribute to him. This is Love Sport.
You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio on a week where I think we've had the saddest news for Arsenal Football Club in my lifetime. The news that Jose Antonio Reyes, the club's former striker, died tragically in a traffic collision on Saturday. Just gutting. Really, really gutting. Growing up, for me, I always knew that Henri was Arsenal's best player. He was the king. But Reyes was always my favourite. He was so likeable, so compelling on the pitch. I so wanted him to do well. Mm, yeah. I know it didn't People called him the out. prince, didn't they? Well, this mm. was the thing because he symbolised hope. And this was at a point, a far cry, by the way, in Arsenal's fortunes from where we are now. He turned up halfway through that invincible season. He scored no goal on his debut scored, away. But even then, <laughs> because you had... 17 million quid spent on him, which back then was an awful lot of money. He was still a kid, and Wenger was saying, here is the prince, here is the heir to the throne. I mean, I believed it more than I should have done Mm -hmm. because I was a tiny young lad. But the sense of optimism, of pride, of excitement around this guy, I thought he carried himself with unbelievable dignity and respect at the club. Had a fantastic career, if you look at it. Numerous appearances for Spain, most successful player in the history of the Europa League, turned out for his hometown club of Sevilla, won that competition three times with them, played for Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, was still playing uh, when he tragically died at the age of 35. Just awful. It is, and I think, as you just mentioned there, Johnny, like, there's so many things you could say good about him. He was an invincible, he's part of that invincible <coughs> side. He had his debut, he's got his own goal. I remember the day he turned up, the picture, he, the, the flared jeans he was wearing. Anyone listening, Google Jose Antonio's flare jeans and you will see the worst pair of jeans you'll ever see in your life. And uh, he turned up on his first out Arsenal in those. And his home debut, that Chelsea game, with yeah. one down, Adrian Mutu put us one, one then one new up. And he scored yeah. a screamer. Yeah. Beauty of a goal, corner wasn't in front it? Of the North Top bins. And left. then scored one literally five minutes after. Yeah. We won 2 1. Yeah. Remember yeah. there's that game against Middlesbrough? Middlesbrough 5 3. 5 3. He bagged himself a goal. Yeah. A, there, was, there, was, there was a goal against Portsmouth in the 91st minute on that invincible run. Looks like it was. We, we'd already sort of cruising in the top. We were going to lose our game. I think it was like end of March, April time. And he scored 91st minute equaliser. There's some big moments here. And then he had that game at Old Trafford where. It was it was it was disgraceful how someone didn't get arrested for the way he got treated. It was just Gary Neville kicking Gary him off the Phil park. Gary and Phil Neville just yeah. abs- they Ferguson must have just told him, see that kid, he ruined your life. Just go and kick crap out of him, and they did. And he, it was never the same after that. No, no, it was a real shame, and he was. I think you're right, Johnny. What he represented was it. He represented Arsenal and Arson at his his sort of ruthlessness for success because we were already cruising to the title in that January, and he said, Do you know what? I want more. So he went out and bought Reyes and it was almost like, look at the might of this club. We're already yeah. the best team in the league, but we're now going to go and buy this quality player from wonder Spain, kid. this wonder kid, just because we can yeah. and integrate him into the team. This is the future. And he like he represented, it almost represented what felt like at the time, well, this is just the natural evolution mm. of this team that are just going to keep getting better and better. And it didn't seem, to me certainly, it didn't seem to be conceivable that this kid wouldn't be brilliant. No. Because he was coming for that amount of money, because he was rated in that way. 
by Wenger. Not everyone has been straightforwardly positive about Reyes after his death. Former Real Madrid star Santiago Canizares has come out and pointed out that Reyes was driving the car in the collision and that he was driving it at over 100 miles an hour. We should point out that other people died in the crash as well. Two other people, including, I believe, Reyes' cousin. cousin yeah. It's a tragic thing to have happened. It's an idiotic thing to drive a car at that speed, whoever yeah. you are. But it doesn't change the fact that a man died, that multiple people died, just so yeah, hard to take. And, and, and you, you could just see how well-respected and loved he was. Seville was seeing him as their sort of prince. They see him as he's young. They loved him. Arsenal fans loved him. Real Madrid fans loved him. Everyone loved, just loved him. And, and you could see in the Sergio Ramos went to his funeral yesterday. Was that there? Cesc Fabregas done the most heartfelt message saying like, he was my, he was when I joined Arsenal. He was my big brother. He brought me into his well, family. He, he talks so. about Reyes, yeah, taking him in on Christmas Day yeah. for his for his Christmas meal <coughs> when he didn't have anywhere to go. In that sense, and remember, they said he was very homesick, wasn't it? Which shows him once mm. again what a sort of family man he was. He was remember, there was lots of rumours about he felt homesick. He missed his mum, mm-hmm. which is which is us growing up as young as as kids. You could relate to that. I was that age. I was about to say he's he's thirty five. I'm th- I was thirty one on Wednesday. So. I, I relate to these when he was growing up. I relate to things he was going through. Do you know what I mean? It's a really weird thing. I remember very clearly when David Bowie died and you got Mm. a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook expressing real personal grief at the death of a celebrity. And I remember at the time thinking that was quite strange because I loved his music and I thought he was a really cool bloke and I appreciated the ways in which he was important in so many senses. But it didn't really upset me. And actually, no. sitting there on Saturday morning, I got a text from a mate going, have you seen this? It's bizarre and tragic. Jose Antonio Reyes is dead. That, for the first time in my life, really upset me. And I don't know why it was. I don't know if it's because when I was a kid, he was this star and all of that. But it it's just the oddness of it, as well, well as the tragedy. The shock. Yeah. I think he evokes a probably a period in your life at which football was really becoming quite exciting well, it's and fun to watch and, Arsenal yeah, exactly. well, do, do you think it could be I mean I'm as much as I love David Rowcastle because it's been ingrained in me as an Arsenal fan and my dad loved that I never really see David Rowcastle play because I'm because of my age yeah, for me, so obviously I'll yeah. sing the songs I'll show respect obviously I've always utmost respect for it I think this could be the first player in my lifetime growing up that has passed away. Yeah. And, so, and someone for me, I used to go home. The memories in that beat will see, I was going every game, home and away without foul. Okay, and you was so ingrained in this football team. We were so, not saying I don't now, but it was a football team you loved. I don't really love any of the players at the moment. No. Because we're not that good. I know it sounds really fickle. No, it's, but just, it's just the way it is. There's no mm. one I really have a connection with. That team, we went unbeaten. Every Arsenal fan can honestly say, I was deep down, especially at our age, sort of, our sort of, Similar ages. We loved that team. Mm. We loved everything about it, from from the back, from Jens Lehmann to to, to Jose Antonio Reyes to Colo Torre. We had a real affinity with those players. And, it, and what you just said, Johnny, me and Bowie died as much as on what you said. I was, and I know lots of people who did feel, and it is a bit like that with that individual team. We loved that individual team. We loved it. One, it's our favourite of Arsenal team, mm. and he was an integral part of it. Remember that time he was only got sacrificed for the Champions League final, didn't he? he got yeah. dragged off straight away. Was no, he? no, that was Pires. Oh, was it Pires? Yeah, but he didn't get on, didn't get on did he, Pires, uh, Reyes? No, So, because of it, so... No. 
Well, a fantastic footballer, a fantastic symbol for Arsenal fans and a very, very sad loss. Not just that of Jose Antonio Reyes, but of course the other two people who died in that crash as well. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.